You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Locked On Seminoles. I'm your host, Max, and joining me on this lovely Monday, Tuesday as you're listening to it, I got my partner in crime, David, calling in all the way from the great state of New York. Dave, how are we doing, buddy? It looks uh, it looks sunny out there. Oh, yeah, man. It's a great situation going on here. It's like 75 degrees and sunny, living the life. Yeah, man. I think that that's... Look, Floridians, don't get offended by this, please. But that is the one thing I do miss about Virginia, and I'm going to miss quite a bit this summer, is like... Even when Virginia, D.C. area is at its absolute worst, there's still a time of the day where you get a reprieve from it. Like first thing in the morning, if you get out there at 630 a.m., it's usually in the 70s, pretty much all through July and August. You know, here it's 95 degrees at eight in the morning. And it's just like, you know, you book a tea time at 830. You're on the range at 730 and you're you're already just sweating like crazy. It's uh. I, I do miss that about being up north, but I love everything else about being back down south. So Yeah, you know, they always have that debate about whether you'd rather be too hot or too cold. You can only take so many clothes off, Max. That's a good point. Um, you know, and, and that phrase is, you know, true both scientifically and legally, depending on where you <laughs> are. So, yeah. But I think, uh, you know, we got a good show for y'all today. Uh, we got me. We got Dave. We're going to talk a little bit about baseball. I know we got it yesterday with Drake, but, you know, Dave and I, um, you know, I think baseball is the one sport where the three of us all kind of know a similar amount about it. So I think there's just as much to gain from a conversation with you and me as there is from me and Drake. You know, Drake, I think, played baseball at a higher level than either of us. Um, So he more has a player perspective. Dave, I think you're probably the most analytically minded person. And I think I kind of just rounded out with understanding, you know, the lay of the land in the sport itself as things are unfolding on the college baseball scene. And uh, then after that, we're going to hit our new segment. We're going to talk about triggered Tuesday. I don't know, guys, it's the off season and I love alliteration. So triggered Tuesday, we're going to talk about things that just, just bother us. And, you know, Dave's going to tell me if I should be bothered by that as much as I am. And, you know, a little bit of vice versa. So, Dave, let's start with baseball. We got my opinion. We got Drake's opinion. How are you feeling about this team after closing out their fourth consecutive winning series, uh, going 10-3 and in series by beating Clemson uh, last, or I guess yesterday, Sunday, to to take home a 2-1 to victory against them? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to complain anytime you win a series and we keep doing it. I don't know. It's weird because we came out of that Notre Dame series and we were super pumped about beat number two on the road and all I said was just don't go and split or lose a midweek series that's all I wanted I just want to beat your inferior competition and this could be a little spillover effect from football of Jesus just beat the teams you should beat but I don't know it just makes me wonder like if this team is going to play down to its competition because we should see a team we should beat in the regionals yeah, I mean, that. look, that's a fair criticism, but Drake pointed out yesterday, and I think he's right, um, Florida Gulf Coast, uh, I'm sure all of us hear that name, and it's like, okay, Florida Gulf Coast, like the, the, the second, you know, tier of the second tier, 
you know, just in Florida colleges, but they're not a bad baseball team. The RPI actually has them at 57th. So they're, they're a top 60 team. Again, there are 300 teams in the RPI. So that puts them in what the top sixth ish. Yeah. So, I mean, look, they're, they're not a bad baseball team. So I know on the schedule, it's like, really, we split games one and one with, with fricking Florida Gulf coast, but they're act they're they're not bad. So once Drake pointed that out, and I actually did that thing I'm supposed to do as a journalist and researched it. Um, I guess we're we're not journalists. I'm a content creator, folks. You know, research. And I do enough of that at my day job. I was like, all right, I uh, I don't feel as bad. So we're getting ready to go take on. We're going to take on NC State this weekend. We got a three game series. That will be our last series of the year. They just actually went up and swept a pit team. I think the last game, they just bombshelled them like 10-3 yesterday. We struggled with Pitt. I think that was one of our disappointing series early in the year. Uh, however, I think this team is very different than that team. And as y'all know, in football, you really can't use the transitive property of we did this so to them, so they'll do this to them. And they it, that is like doubly true for baseball. There is, yep. I, I take, I don't know, Dave, correct me if I'm wrong. I take absolutely nothing from common opponents in baseball. It just mean it means absolutely nothing to me. Yeah. I mean, baseball is also just, I, and I hate saying this. It's just more random. Um, you know, if pitcher has a bad day, you're just going to get bombshelled and that could just, you know, it happens. Yeah. And how about, by the way, I know we're jumping around folks. I just took my doctor prescribed ADD medication. It'll kick in in like a few minutes, but until then you've got squirrel brain, which I'm sure y'all are used to by this point. How about Parker Messick, dude? Not only did he have a phenomenal performance with 11 K's this weekend, but he got lit up like what first inning, I think, or it was either the first or the second. I'm sorry. I had Charlotte running around. I was trying to watch in the background and do homework. But I looked up in like the second inning and it was already four to zero and they didn't pull him. They let him pitch deep into the game. I think they pulled him in the sixth and he ended up only allowing one more run for his stretch of the game. So look, we know he has elite arm talent, but to be able to shake off, because think about the mentality, right? A lot of baseball games, not as much at the college level, but four runs can win you a baseball game by itself, you know? So you give up four runs in the first, it's hard. It, it's like triple bogeying the first hole. It's just hard to be like, you know what? New round, like next hole. So props to him for being able to do that. Yeah, it should tell you should tell you a lot about the confidence the coaching staff has in a pitcher. I mean, you see it a lot of the time. They'll get the bullpen going. Maybe you'll get the, get the guy out after an inning. For the coaches to see him get rocked and say, no, 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 he's going to calm down. That should tell you a lot about where this pitching staff is. And that's the one thing going into the postseason that's going to make me think we can win any series or against any team. Yeah, no, totally agree. I think uh, it is good to see that. I do wonder, though, a little bit like, is it a gutsy call to leave him in? Is it confidence? Or is it like, hey, we don't have a ton of options at starter? No, really, here's what I – I I don't want to, like, argue it because I'm not arguing. I'm just giving kind of my alternate perspective – there also is a little bit like that loss wasn't a make or break on the season. So yeah. I, I don't know if the coaching staff is going to be inclined to go dig into its bullpen for a game that while I'm stoked, we won in the grand scheme of things. If we'd lost that game four to zero, wouldn't really have mattered. I mean, we're still, you know, but we're fighting for a one seed. You know, we have a very good chance of being a one seed in a regional. We won't host a regional, but if we can go in as a one seed, that would be great 
get through the regional, survive in advance, baby. One more stop before that, though. We've got, like I said, NC State this weekend. We are 48th in RPI, and they are 26th. Now, if you want to know how much of, I don't want to say a joke. If you want to think about how much stake you should put in RPI rankings, <laughs> Florida State at the last in the last iteration of these was 39th. We just went uh, we just went three and two on the week. We beat Clemson uh, in a series. Let me see what they're ranked in RPI. They're 49th, so we beat the 49th at the time, 48th best team in RPI in two, you know two games to one, and we dropped from 39 to 48th. So, I, yeah, yeah I, we're not going to pretend like we have any idea what goes into college baseball RPI, let alone football RPI. I have no idea, and I trust the coaches poll more just because those guys probably know more about what they're talking about than a computer with college baseball. Yeah, I would hope so, but we also know how coaches' polls go. In fact, I've always found coaches' polls, in my opinion, to be sort of odd because our coaches really – like on Saturday, is Mike Norvell watching any of the other games? Do you think oh, he definitely de- not. You know what I mean? Like, does he DVR a bunch of football games and come home? I'm, I'm sure there's like some <laughs> coach out there that's – you know, crazy enough to do it, but I, I, I would love to ask Mike Norvell. Maybe I'll ask him that like next first off season press conference of next year. I'm just going to be like, coach general curiosity. How many college football games do you watch in a weekend? Cause I would, I would love to know. Yeah. it's re- How many of those teams that you ranked on the coaches poll? Did you watch this weekend? hundred percent. It's like, yeah, or did you kind of do that? You know, kind of copy and paste, see who lost and then move them around accordingly. Yeah. But guys, if, if you're having as much trouble figuring out what's wrong with your car as we are with figuring out what the hell goes into RPI, you might have a problem on your hands. So once you diagnose it, don't immediately let the dealership fix it. Don't, don't go to like a secondary dealer. See if it's something you can fix yourself. You can save yourself a lot of money. And like, if you got kids, you look cool to your kids. If you fix the car, your wife is going to love that you did it or your husband. If your husband's not handy and you're out there, totally fine. My mom's a single mom. She's more handy than, or was for a while. She's uh, she's a lot more handy than you'd expect. So anyway, when you need those parts, go to rockauto.com. They've got a wonderful selection. But in addition to that, they lay it out in a very easy to navigate manner. You just find your make, your model, your year, what you know, what you need the part for kind of like front end, back end, electronics, that kind of thing. And they'll probably have, it. they have a huge selection. They've got great low prices. It's a family run business and uh, they'll take care of you. So head on over to rockauto.com. Tell them Locked On Seminoles sent you. So Dave, walk me through being one of my best friends. I think I know it, but Walk the listeners through with me where you grew up. So you were in Massachusetts till you were what, 10? Till I was in ninth grade. So 13. Oh, wow. Okay. 14 turning 15. So you you finished eighth grade in in Massachusetts? Yep. Yep. Okay. Then you moved down to Port St. Lucie. Yep. And then you did high school there for four years? Uh, Did you move? Were you at the same school? Just did you move around a bit? It's a it's a convoluted story. I moved to Georgia at one point and then down to Florida. I went to South Gwinnett and in the Atlanta area in Snellville. Yeah. So I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, I, I like a good origin story. Um, yeah. Watch, you know, X-Men Origins Wolverine. Great film. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm really pumped for Scarlett Johansson to star in the the origin story of Black Widow. You know, they did yep. a great job with the new Spider-Man. So it's a big, big thing I'm, I really enjoy. And, you know, I want to ask you growing up again, up in the north and down in South Florida and a little of Georgia. When did you really become an FSU fan? Was there like one game, one moment? Was it just you got in there and once you got to school, you you loved the atmosphere? What did it for you? All right. So this is going to be a hard truthiness here. I had no idea what like the college I wanted to go to was. My guidance counselor said, just apply to UF and FSU. Right? I didn't know better, in all fairness to me. So I applied to both. I was rejected from UF, thank God, because I might have gone there otherwise without knowing any better. And I got accepted to FSU, went up there for preview and realized, damn, this is a good time. Yeah, dude. Well, that's, I think that's a lot of people's story. So what was your first game you went to? Do you remember? Did you go to like yeah. the, the opener? So you, wait, hang on. You got up there. So you, you started school in 2008, right? 2007. But that oh, wasn't seven. the first okay. game I went to, Max. That uh, was not the first game. The first game I ever went to was Wake Forest in 2006. Oh, that's tough. That's a Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that I'm amazed you stayed a fan. I may have. If that was the first one I went to, that would be like walking in to see, you know, the original Iron Man just getting punched in the nuts by the usher. <laughs> just be like, well, I don't like Marvel movies anymore. Uh, but what was your first game that you remember going to in college and looking around being like, I enjoy this. Like, it's not just like, oh, it's a fun thing to do on a Saturday. Like you really felt connected to the team and the university. It's weird because even though that game sucked, what did it for me was, I mean, that was the first college football game I'd ever been to also. Like I was a baseball guy growing up. I went to baseball games and it's not the same energy. College sports just has a totally different energy. And like, I don't know about you. That's what makes it so much more exciting to me than the pros. Like you feel the crowd chanting in your chest before that game started felt it and it just felt right and even though we got just shellacked and that kind of kick-started the next era of FSU football I fell in love with the environment right then and there is it odd that Wake Forest has twice been the grim reaper of Florida state coaches in a way like incredible I mean uh, no disrespect intended with that metaphor to the great Bobby Bowden uh, I'm actually working my way through his book right now it's incredible if you guys haven't hmm. gotten a chance to pick it up um, where is it Oh, I can't, my eyes are going, it's, it's Garnet, it's gold text on Garnet. It's over on my bookshelf, but basically he talks about, you know, just his, what he learned as a coach, um, what kind of his guiding principles where he talks about his faith quite a bit. If you know, you're into that sort of thing, but it's, it's a good read. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally agree with you. I think people look at me like I'm crazy, especially people from the North, like, you know, my friends up in DC, when I tell them, like, I don't watch pro football, I was like, oh, you, I'm like, dude, I, because I've been to pro games and it is just such a different, like, in my opinion, except for maybe the Minnesota Vikings when they're good and they've got all like those the lunatics, the Packers, definitely the Bills for sure. Like I, the Saints, I feel like too, but most NFL games, even with the good teams, the regular season games have spectators, right? College football yeah. always has fans. It's, it's yep. a different different things. So I, I, I agree with you, man. I'm, I'm glad you got to experience that. You know, for me, it was, um, it's like, you know, you don't appreciate things when you're a kid. I, I went to so many FSU games and I can look back now and say like, Oh yeah, I've always been a huge Florida state fan, which isn't 
a lie, but you know, and I'm opening up my heart to you folks. It really wasn't until I, I was in college and I was a student and like, I wasn't there with my parents. Like I was in the student section, like watching the team when it really clicked of like, all right, this is more than just a, a game on grass. You know, it just, I don't want to say it just means more, but you get my drift there. There's something special about going out there and just screaming till you lose your voice and jumping up and down. There's just something nice about it, screaming on a goal line stand. It's a special thing. You can't replicate it in any other sport. Yeah, man. I think I I, I think back on on times in Doe Campbell. And again, folks, uh, there is there is not a larger point here. We're just uh it's it's off season, baby. We are deep in the off season. So you're just getting story time with Max and Dave. But I think the loudest I've ever heard that stadium was 2011 Oklahoma. That was um after the Clint Trickett touchdown. Abs dude, honestly, just the whole time. I mean Cause that game was what 10 to three going into the fourth quarter. Like it was a low scoring game. So every time Oklahoma had the ball, I mean, it was deafening. And when I think they may have, when they scored their touchdown or I, I I'm trying to remember, it was a long time ago and there was uh there were libations involved. Um, but anyway, so when they got down, Oklahoma was on like the two or the three yard line in front of the student section. And I was there and it, I mean, it was deafening. You could not, like, I've I've been to music festivals that don't have that much sound. It was insane. But the second loudest I've heard it, I think, was 2000. Oh, gosh, the years are hard. What did we just have? 2020? We just had 2020. So maybe it was before Charlotte was born. So I guess 2016, right? We play UF at home in even years. On the opening drive, UF marches down the field, gets to the two. We stuff them three times, and they go. They tried it on fourth down. They tried to go for it in front of the student section, and we stopped them. That's probably – Oklahoma was loud. That's like the craziest I've ever seen it. I was in the Champions Club on the other side of the stadium. It, like all the 80-year-olds with their binoculars were jumping up in the air, <laughs> and it was just like – that was one of the craziest moments. And then after that, I think we went on to just – put a beat down on them. That was, that was the most their offense did that night. And um, so I don't even know how the hell we got on that story, but folks, if our story is, uh, is making you, you think about sports and you realize that, you know, you got a while till football season starts, but you need to, you need to do something to liven it up, check out the girls soccer team. Oh no, actually you'll hear this on Tuesday. I'm sorry. Go watch baseball, go watch hockey, MLB, NFL, NBA is going on and go to betonline.ag, make an account with promo code locked on. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus and you can start tossing your money on some of these games and uh, I don't know, make them a little more interesting. All right, folks. So again, we are deep in the, in the, in the well of the off season. We've talked about baseball quite a bit. Uh, we've, we've, Given a shout out to the Lady Seminoles. Unfortunately, with our work schedule, we had to, we're recording this about 10 a.m. on Monday. So we do not know how that game ends. I will be tweeting out from Max Moody 17 uh, the result of the game. Hopefully, it's pure jubilation. Uh, but if it's not, well, I, you know, I, get, I guess I need an extra melatonin to help me fall asleep tonight because I'll be upset. And speaking of me being upset, we're going to try a new segment for the offseason called Triggered Tuesday. It's where I talk about something that just bothers me, confounds me, angers me, a whole array of emotions, but could fit under the moniker that Gen Z loves so much of triggered. 
so we took a little break and I was trying to think of things and Dave reminded me of something. And this is, this is going to give you all some insight into how difficult life is really like that. These little minuscule things bother me, but they do one thing that bugs the crap out of me, like really just not angry. It's just kind of like, but why is when a basketball player misses a free throw. Okay. First of all, it's a free throw. You're right there. You're at the line. No one's covering you. Like, go practice those things. Put them in. But it's not the art of the miss that bugs me. I, I get it. You're going to miss sometimes. It's the fact that he just missed the easiest shot in basketball. And then he does this. They always have to do the five high fives with every teammate. Like, yeah, you you got it, buddy. You got it. Like, no, you don't got it. You, you just missed. Easiest throw ever. You missed. Hey, I might give you like a get the next one, but why, why, but then here's the problem with it. I understand encouraging your teammates, Dave, but what bugs me about it is it's the exact same motion, whether they make it or miss, there's no extra celebration for making it. And there's no extra disappointment for missing it. Why do you need five consecutive high fives after every free throw, regardless of outcome? Uh, so look, the only plausible justification I can give you is that free throws are like for most players, a super routine oriented thing. Like, You'll see them do the same number of dribbles, maybe spin the ball backwards. For some of them, that's it. But just one time, I'd like to see one of the guys at the line waiting for a rebound to just look at him and just shake their head and go, yes. Jesus Christ. Oh, dude, dude, come on. That actually, man, we were going up on trails. That that reminds me of uh, <laughs> the one, one season I played baseball. Uh, so I played hockey growing up when I was a kid. Like start, I started being on travel teams at six because they had – or maybe, yeah, they had eight and under, then 10 and under, then 12s. And we were like pretty damn good. Like it was, um, it wasn't necessarily because of me. It was a team effort, but we were, we were pretty good. And it was serious. Like it, at a young age, it was not like, oh yeah, you know, don't keep score. I mean, we were traveling across, you know, around the country going to like, not the country, but the Southeast, like Louisiana, Tennessee, North Carolina, down to South Florida, all that for these tournaments. So my parents put me in little league. And uh, yeah, I, my, it didn't mesh well. Cause I wasn't used to the lack of like competitiveness because that's all I'd known. I didn't play like YMCA sports or anything. Uh, and I, I found out when your pitcher watch walks three consecutive batters, you're not supposed to, from the second base position go, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I, amazing. I got benched for that one um, for like a I game. But uh, I learned my lesson. Good sportsmanship is important. I'm not saying I was right to do that. I'm just saying in my head at 11, I, that's all I'd known was like, you know, hockey is not a supportive sport. Like you're not taught to be like, it's okay, buddy. We'll get them next time. Like someone screws up and they get it. Even at a young age, you get an earful on the bench. Like that's just the culture of that sport. Well, so, let me give you a, you know. let me give you a flip side of that story. This may be the first time I've ever told this story. Actually, When I was really, really young up in Massachusetts, I played on a soccer team. We had these light, light blue jerseys with a McDonald's logo on them. It was the first game I'd ever played. And you shot into the wrong I, goal, didn't you? I got the ball and I hit it right into our goal. Just, I thought I was the man, USA. And then my entire team proceeded to scream at me. And that was the last soccer game I ever played. And it was the last <laughs> time I ever enjoyed soccer. Oh, goodness. Gosh, dude. I love it, man. This is this is what happens when Drake's not here. I, I I would love to know from our listeners, folks, if you uh if you don't yet, go go follow us uh on wherever you get your podcast from, Spotify, Apple Pods. Feel free to leave a review. And in that, uh maybe let us know 
you know, what do you like better when the adults are here or when he's gone? Because when he's not here, it, this devolves into whatever the heck this show is. There's some of my favorite episodes because I feel like we're all getting to know each other. Uh, not you and I, but us and yeah. the listeners. But yeah, yeah. So if anyone has a more embarrassing sports story than than that, maybe maybe send it in. But buddy, did, did y'all at least do the thing where like, you know, goalies wore a different jersey. So it was kind of hard to tell whose goalie it was. Or did that goalie have the same uniform as you? I'm going to, in my mind, just make up right now the fact that he was wearing the same jersey. <laughs> Best just player to make it on a the other team. More embarrassing. Yep. Oh goodness. Yeah. I never scored in, in, in my own goal, but, and I played that baseball year. I learned sportsmanship. Um, we ended up winning the championship in our like park or whatever. So there you go. it was a great time now. Yeah. Let's bring it back to Florida state sports to get the good people out of here. Cause I know y'all have uh, been listening to this, this Tuesday tirade for, uh, for quite some time now. We appreciate it. I love all y'all. I do it for y'all seeing the listen count come up, uh, knowing that people out there are hearing us and, for whatever reason, spend 30 minutes a day with us. It, uh, you know, makes me happy. It makes me feel like, uh, you know, we're, we're all connecting and we're all, we're all weathering the storm of the off season together, but Dave, it won't be the off season forever. Uh, we're going to have a season starting in August. We're actually Drake and I were counting it out yesterday. N- this week, we're going to have FSU lacrosse head coach, Lou Albazi's interview Next week, we're going to drop an interview with the Ingram Smith of the Nolcast. Had a phenomenal conversation with him last night. We've got a special guest uh, who we have it scheduled, but I don't like to announce things before we get the interview because I don't want to, you know, like things get moved, whatever. But that'll kind, of, and then that that week will kind of conclude our uh, our our state of the FS Union. And then, dude, we're going to take a week of just content and like mid-June, we're going to start season previews. Our goal yeah. is to get on a get a journalist or a podcaster or someone from all of our teams we're going to play during the season, except probably Florida, because I don't want to talk to those guys. I don't care that much. We may have them, whatever. But then, you know, we'll have 10 weeks of season preview, and then boom, we're in the season. So with that in mind, if you could have one player at, at not the quarterback position, because that's such an easy answer, you could have one player from any FSU team immediately come they have a year of eligibility they know this pretend they know the system already so don't try to oh well who could learn the system better they already know it non-quarterback who are you bringing back from a past team to stick on this team to have the greatest impact oh see the lover of scoring points in me says peter warwick just because he was one of the best athletes in the history of college football. And we was robbed of seeing the full Peter work experience here at FSU. Oh, we need some defense, don't we? I mean, after last year, dear God, I, I don't know. Pick one. Our linebackers seem all right. So give me uh, give me Jalen. Okay. See, I was actually, it's, it's, I thought you were going to, you were going to steal mine. Mine would be Nigel Bradham. If I could bring one player back, oh. it'd be Nigel Bradham elite physical tools, position of need, mean as a freaking snake when he needs to be. Uh, that would that'd be mine. But folks, with that, that's going to do it for our Tuesday show. I hope all of y'all have a wonderful Tuesday. If you got done with us and you feel like, hey, that wasn't enough sports because did they, I don't know if they talked about sports enough. Head on over to Locked On Today. Check that out. Our boy Pete Bukowski will run you through all the sports stuff happening today. And then this week, by the way, look out Friday for um, if you haven't checked out Locked on ACC yet, go check that out. Drake's going to be on it this week. I think he's on it Wednesday or Thursday, maybe Friday. I don't know. We'll let you all know. So thanks for joining us today. 
as always, for Locked On Seminoles. I'm your host, Max, and I have my boy, Dave, right beside me. Who knows?